Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Good afternoon. Welcome back. It is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mitch along with Frank Stample here with you on the show. Our final hour of the week. And we're going to highlight some of the things that we did earlier this week with some of the audio from players that I spoke to this week at spring training. And we have a sports grid update coming up in a couple of minutes. Uh, Latest news and notes from Major League Baseball. Uh, Griffin Canning of the Los Angeles Angels is set for what looks like to be uh, some time missed on the baseball field due to a UCL injury. Everything is okay with Brandon Nimmo. And no one seems to be talking about Yasmani Grandal, Frank. So I guess we could kind of start there this afternoon. Uh, still waiting for him to play in the spring training game. Yeah, obviously signs that big contract, well-deserved as well with the Chicago White Sox, but hasn't appeared in a spring training game yet. He's dealing with a calf strain, which seems pretty significant for a catcher who's constantly crouching all the time. So uh, something to pay attention to. I know that you drafted James McCann in your tout wars, draft and hold. If Grandal were to miss any time, and that's, there's no reports of that, I'm just kind of speculating. Uh, James McCann, we know, is someone who can get it done with the bat from a fantasy perspective. Uh, but yeah, we need Grandal to be healthy. He's being drafted as a top five catcher in fantasy baseball right now. And obviously, we were looking forward to him helping out with the rotation as well in terms of Lucas Giolito and Dylan Cease and some of those other young starting pitchers with the White Sox. So seems like not many people are talking about this, but definitely something to pay attention to with Grandal. Yep, for sure. A little bit later in the show, uh, speaking of James McCann, who I have in my draft and hold league in the Tat Wars format, you can go to tatwars.com, check that all out. Uh, We got the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Drafts coming up this weekend. Today, tomorrow, and Sunday. They saved, of course, the best for last, the Mixed League Auction. That's the one that I'm going to be in on Sunday. So we'll have updates on that on Monday. But a little bit later... Frank and I are going to go through some potential targets of mine in the draft Sunday. So stay tuned to that. But up next, we've got Dan Strafford. He's got a sports grid news update. And then we'll be back to talk a little bit about some of the pitchers who've seen some velocity spikes and some declines here in the early part of the spring. Don't go away. We begin with a look at Griffin Canning. As you were discussing there, an MRI did reveal chronic changes to the UCL as well as acute joint irritation in his right elbow. Canning will go for more tests. Now, Canning was quoted on Friday saying he believes it's, quote, normal wear and tear in his right elbow. He's supposed to be seeing the doctor by Saturday, so we'll have to wait for more information 
By then, athletics manager Bob Melvin said Friday that an MRI on Stephen Piscotty's left intercoastal muscle came back, quote, a little worse than expected. No word yet on whether or not Piscotty will be available for opening day. As you just mentioned, Yasmani Grandal said Friday that he is progressing but is still a ways off from Cactus League action. That's due to a calf issue. The Brewers have signed right-handed pitcher Freddie Peralta to a five-year, $15.5 million contract extension. Club options for 2025 and 2026. Red Sox interim manager Ron Renecki said Friday that Xander Bogarts could be ready to play in games within a few days. Bogarts reported to camp with a sore ankle. Rays pitching prospect Brent Honeywell will throw his first bullpen session at some point today. Honeywell missed the 2018 season while recovering from Tommy John surgery and then the 2019 campaign after he fractured his elbow while throwing off a mound. In the National Basketball Association tonight, 10 games on tap. The Nuggets are at the Clippers. Probably best game of the night. LAC is minus six. 219 over under for that contest. The Bucks host the Thunder, minus 10.5, 229 over under in that one. Giannis Antetokounmpo is probable at last check to play in that contest. In the NFL, just some news and notes as free agency is a few weeks off. The Athletics' Stephen Holder reports the Colts are vetting free agent Phillip Rivers and the Chicago Sun-Times' Jason Lacer reports that the Bears are planning to pursue impending free agent Austin Hooper. I'm Dan Strapper and this has been your SportsGrid News Update. Right, thanks very much, Dan, and have a good weekend for sure, Dan. Hope you enjoy your Saturday and Sunday. Um, what other uh, quick uh, note here to bring you in terms of injury, Frank? And, uh, you know, look, uh, a few years ago, if you would have told me that uh, Stephen Piscotty wasn't a perennial all-star, I would have been very surprised. I, I thought this kid was going to be a star in the big leagues. And, of course, uh, look, off-the-field stuff with, uh, with his mother uh, had to be a big factor going through ALS for all of those years. I can't even imagine... But on the field, the results have not been there. And then the report this morning coming out of Oakland A's uh, spring training, uh, Frank, that it looks like he's further behind than they thought. The injury that he has to his intercoastal is a little bit worse than they thought. So there's no doubt this looks like uh, a DL or an injured list then to open up the season. Uh, opens up the door a little bit for Chad Pinder, Robbie Grossman. And this is like, you know, one of the advantages if you're sitting on the clock in a slow draft right now and you're in like the 30th round, you would never consider taking Chad Pinder. But here we are, you know, and by the way, Pinder's numbers not that far off from Piscotty's last year either. So, uh, look, Pinder's not going to run. The Oakland A's don't run. So he's just more of, uh, you know, a 400 plate appearance type guy. Grossman maybe gives you a little bit more if he was able to play. I don't think they'll hand that over to Grossman, by the way, in left field either way. But uh, got to downgrade Piscotty at this point. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. That first year that we saw with the St. Louis Cardinals, and then even the past couple of years, he's been on and off with the Oakland A's. We've seen some stretches where uh, he looks like a really, really good ball player, but obviously dealing with the injury right now. Uh, so if you are on the clock coming up, Craig, in your slow draft, maybe you're looking at one of these Oakland A's players. I'll throw the name Tony Kemp out there as well. Could play a little second, could play in the outfield. Chad Pinder, I know someone from a DFS perspective, absolutely destroys left-handed pitching. So if you play in a daily league... You play DFS, something to pay attention to there. Craig, I'm just trying to find any way, any argument that I can make for Franklin Barreto and Jorge Mateo. I want to find ways to get these guys in the lineup. I know Mateo has gotten off to a solid start in the spring, and Franklin Barreto is going to have an opportunity to play second base for this team. But I mentioned this before, Jorge Mateo is out of minor league options, so he's either going to be on this team as a, as a bench player or he's going to be you know at second base. Maybe, you know, they experiment with him in the outfield or, you know, if, if not, then he's going to wind up on waivers and potentially with another team in playing time. So 
Jorge Mateo, someone throughout his minor league career, uh, has racked up a lot of stolen bases. So someone that I'm definitely watching and paying attention to here throughout spring, Craig. Yeah, he'd have to make the team. And you know what? I'm not really sure that it's even worth him making the team. I think probably uh, heads to another organization as well. Could start right now or play a lot more in Detroit, maybe Baltimore, maybe Pittsburgh. Those would be good spots like for that, him. Craig. Oakland's a good team, Frank. And yeah, Oakland's not carrying uh, just an extra guy with some speed. I don't, I don't see that happening. That's not the skill set that they usually go with. They don't get guys who steal 40, 50 bases for whatever reason. It's not their thing. Walks are their thing, clearly. Uh, okay, so uh, so far early on in spring training, here's kind of where we're at. So we've we are now into one week of spring training games. And for the most part, if you looked at the starting five for every Major League Baseball rotation, some guys are behind others and will make their debut this weekend. But we've pretty much gotten at least one start for most of the fantasy-relevant players. Max Scherzer made his second start last night, so he's a little bit ahead of things because he's insane, and he's Max Scherzer. <laughs> but I know that you did some research, Frank, and you looked at some of the, uh, the velocity tick-ups and tick-downs in the early part of the spring. This is really something that, can, that you got to pay attention to. Not the first time out in the spring, because everybody's a little bit amped up. But if these velos continue to rise or fall throughout the spring, you got to take notice. This was something that was very indicative of Charlie Morton. I've mentioned this many times, many times in the past, two years ago. No one had Charlie Morton on their radar. I had Charlie Morton in every single fantasy league two years ago, every single one. Um, I pay attention to this sort of stuff. But again, for every Charlie Morton, Frank, there's a Martin Perez who was throwing like 98, 99, and that didn't work out. So what are you seeing so far? Yeah, and I'm guilty. I'll, uh, I'll put the hand up on that one when it comes to Martin Perez for the exact reason you just mentioned. I was buying <laughs> in last year. I was like, oh, well, come on, Charlie Morton, velocity up, Martin Perez, got to be great, right? No, did not work out for Martin Perez last year. Uh, but this, these reports come according to Jeff Zimmerman of Fangraphs. Follow him on Twitter, at Jeff Zimmerman, and he does a great job. He has a spreadsheet, basically, uh, with all the pitchers' velocities from last year and what their velocity is looking right, like right now in spring. So uh, I took a gander at a few of these, and Alex Wood is someone who's popping up. Uh, he's, he was around 90 miles per hour last year. He's up around 92, 93 miles per hour throughout spring right now, and, and that was the velocity that he, he was pitching at a couple of years ago when he really, really had that dominant season. So uh, it sounds like he's going to have an opportunity to round out that rotation with the Dodgers. And we've seen him have value with that team before. Obviously, a really good Dodger team. Uh, he might be able to help you out, get some wins. Not going to go deep into games, maybe five, maybe six innings. Uh, but Alex Wood, someone to pay attention to. Freddie Peralta. Craig, we spoke about this earlier in the week, and it was enough the, the Brewers saw enough that they wanted to lock him down to a five-year extension that just got finalized today. And he's throwing mid-90s with the fastball. He's experimenting with some breaking pitches as well. Uh, last year, he was at 93.6 miles per hour. Uh, Freddie Peralta, someone we've seen have flashes in the past, relies a little bit too much on his fastball. Uh, but a name that I'm paying attention to definitely late in drafts nonetheless. Jeff Samarja, 92 miles per hour last year. So far in spring, 88-89. Not great, Bob, because Jeff Samarja is someone who doesn't already get strikeouts, uh, and if the v velocity is down, I read something that said that he was purposely working on all-speed pitches, and you know maybe he's just not um, trying all out, going all out yet to try and uh, get up to that velocity. But uh, a name to pay attention to, Jeff Samarja there. Joe Musgrove, Craig. I know that you're not a Musgrove guy. I love Joe Musgrove. Last year we saw the velo up in September, around 94 miles per hour. Same thing throughout spring. Pay attention, Joe Musgrove. Last year, 92.4 miles per hour on the fastball. 
Right now in spring, he's working 92 to 94 miles per hour. That is Joe Musgrove. Craig, I know you are very close with the Baltimore Orioles organization as well. John Means came out of nowhere last year, pitched really well. The velo is up for John Means. Any interest there, Craig? Uh, could be. Uh, you're right, though. Next week, uh, Orioles will be visiting South Florida, and we'll have their manager, Brandon Hyde, here on our show. We'll get a clear view on where he views the pitching staff, but some good numbers, some good names there as well from Frank, and also, again, thanks to Jeff Zimmerman for putting that list together for us. We'll take a quick time out on Fantasy Sports Today. Coming up next, best audio of the week. Don't go away. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports today. Straight ball, I get it very much. Curve ball, that's our friend. Craig Mish and Frank Stanfall. You got to take a beer. That's I offer a cigar. Wrong. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Frank Stanfall with you here on the show. And coming up at 1230 Eastern. Uh, Frank and I are going to take a look at some of my targets in the League of Alternative Baseball Reality Mixed League draft. So those of you who are in the draft with me, uh, this would be the time that we're having some technical difficulties on the show. And, uh, you know, my mouth moves and nothing comes out. And then you just switch off. You get rid of all the apps that you're watching. You X out and then, you know, watch something else. So don't tune in at 1230 Eastern. Don't get any edge on anything uh, with me in that. Uh, Do get an edge in your fantasy baseball league by watching this show and listening to this show, because each and every week throughout the spring training season, I will be out at a ballpark uh, somewhere probably in Florida, trying to get a little bit of an inside edge as to some of the players and what they think their performance of themselves or their teammates may be. And here's a highlight of many of the interviews that we did throughout this week. I feel the need, the need for speed. My first draft, 13 pick came up. And I had no doubt. And I made you the first round pick. I mean, look, I got to say, there are some other people in the draft who wouldn't do it, but I did it and I took the plunge. Awesome. Um, another season of taking you in the first round. So, <laughs> what, what can I expect this year? Oh, it's going to be a fun year. Um, going to try and improve um, in every facet of the game. I'm excited. It's going to be a it's going to be a good year, and uh, go out there and try and help the team win games. I mean, how, I mean, how much better can the numbers be though from from last year? I mean, doubles, home runs, and the other thing, position eligibility. I know because of Carlos being hurt, qualifying at, at shortstop. I mean, that's a big deal too. I get to, I get to play you there too. <laughs> well, um, I think I think there's a lot of room to improve because the first half of my season last year wasn't the way I wanted it to go. I started off slowly and um, hopefully can can improve on that and get off to a good start. I've heard you mention that in a few interviews because that was the big mistake that I made two years ago was trading you. I think I mentioned that to you, a really bad trade that I made. I got somebody back in return who didn't perform. So what is it about like the first couple months of the season that you just honestly struggle with? What is it about that? Yeah, I think uh, every year I've kind of got to a slow start. And the biggest thing this offseason that I worked on was getting to like that, that mobility that I have in the middle of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I came in big. I always tried to work out heavy and hard in the offseason, but I, I, I didn't really focus on my mobility as much and flexibility and stability. And um, I think that was a big emphasis for me this year, um, along with the posterior chain of my body, trying to stay healthy. Um, 
and yeah, hopefully that'll help. A good first few months. I won't make that same mistake that I made a couple <laughs> years ago. You're always good at giving me like a sleeper or two on the team. I talked to Miles a little bit. You know, steals is like such a big deal. And I don't know, it's like steals are going away. No one's stealing bases anymore. I'll, I'll steal a bunch of bases. He's super fast. Um, I, uh, I bet you Altuve steals a lot of bases this year. How many, you think? Give me, uh, me 25. I'm going to go 30. 30? Yeah, he'll, he'll get 30. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Um, I think Tucker's going to have a good year too, man. I've been waiting Tucker's for that now for, for a couple of years. See, the issue with him is that in, in our world, you take him, he's got to play, play every day. You know? mm -hmm. Like, that's the part. Pitching, pitching wise, uh, yeah, who do you got for the back end with the rotation? Can you give us a little insight? Um, probably or Ki uh, Jose or Kitty. And um, I don't know about the other spot yet. Um, but I'd say or Kitty uh, had an unbelievable World Series last year. He's going he's gonna to do he's gonna do really well. I faced him the other day. He looks really sharp already. Um, I think Osuna is going to be a, the best closer in the game this year. Really? Yeah. See, but you guys score a lot of runs. And because you do that, you win by a lot of runs. You don't get as many save opportunities. This is part of, you know, I'm, think, I'm already you're thinking, hey, thinking it, that's why I'm good at this. I'm thinking outside the box. Um, okay, so we've gone through that. We've gone through the, um, the sleepers. So as far as, like, you know, just players who play, like, every single day, one of the other issues always is, is like, kind of health. So um, Correa is somebody that a couple of years ago I picked to win the MVP, and it was just a matter of not staying healthy. Is that, is that like, a skill to stay healthy? I mean, you seem to have no problem with it, but it's, like, freakish um, sort of things seem to happen. I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but I, I do think that Correa is going to be very, uh, healthy this year, all year long. I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, and I'm excited to see him see him play a, a full season and do really well. Okay. And then my last thing for you, obligatory. Should we have any hesitation about drafting Astros in fantasy baseball this year? I mean, it's it, in these drafts that I'm doing, I mean, honestly, I mean, a lot of you guys are slipping. I'm just snatching you guys wherever I can. We'll be ready. We'll be ready to play good this year. We'll be ready. Game one of the exhibition miles, and they got you at the top of the lineup. And I know that's, you know, somewhere where you want to be in your career. Uh, absolutely. I mean, I grew up, you know, pretty much my whole life, been a leadoff hitter. So, uh, you know, to be on this team and to, uh, you know, to be there right now. I know it's early in spring, but uh, it's always a good feeling. Um, you know, I'm comfortable in the leadoff spot. So, uh, to to be at the top and uh, to possibly get a chance to steal some bases will be uh, be fun tonight. Now, part of your game is stealing bases, and your track record in the minor league shows that that's one of the assets that you have. Is there anyone that's helped you through that through the years that has kind of taught you to become a better base stealer or someone maybe that you've emulated? Oh, uh, yeah, just I mean, working with our you know base running coaches, Gary, um, other guys throughout the minor leagues, um, just kind of practicing throughout the minor leagues. That's the, kind of the time to learn it. So uh, to, be, to, uh, to go through that down there and to, uh, to kind of figure out that craft has definitely helped me throughout my career. And... And uh, it's just, uh, you know, getting comfortable and trusting in yourself is what is, you know, the main, the main focus point for me. What's kind of your individual goal for the season? Um, you're able to play all over the diamond, outfield, infield. Starter, I guess, inevitably would be what you'd love, but with the amount of talent that's here, it kind of fits into a, more of a super utility, I guess, at this point? Uh, yeah, I mean, just to, whenever I get to play, I mean, I, I soak up every moment. So uh, just to be able to play as much as I can is, you know, what I'd like to do. But, um, you know, we're all here to, to help the team win in any way possible. So, uh, you know, whether it's playing the outfield, infield, whatever it may be is, uh, you know, what I'd like to do. We're here with Miles Straw. So, you know, back to stolen bases here for a minute, as that being, uh, you know, a big part of your game. A lot of people in my world, in the fantasy world, are like, wow, if Miles Straw could ever get 500, 600 plate appearances, this guy could steal 50, 60 bases in the big leagues. But, you know, that's always the dynamic. It's kind of hard to come by. Um, do you think that if you were given that amount of playing time, you could lead the league in steals? Because certainly that's a consensus. 100%. That would be my, uh, one of my big goals. Um, like I said, if I had 500, 600 
you know, some guys get 700 plate appearances. Um, I would definitely have a good chance of, you know, 50, 60, or 70. So, uh, you know, whether it's this year or another year and, uh, you know, whatever year it may be that I get those at-bats, that will be, you know, I think that's definitely something to uh, look forward to. Always been really good about doing this with me because I know that you're aware of your fans and the fantasy community. Uh, how are you feeling right now? How are you feeling going into this year? Try to give my guys some tips. <laughs> yeah, obviously I feel good, but I think everyone feels good now and uh, just ready for the year and try to keep preparing and be ready to go out there and play and try to help us win. And uh, hopefully I can play well. And if I do, then I guess it's good for fantasy. Yeah, no, it's good for all of us. And a lot of us always wonder, you know, what kind of seasons ahead. You had some monster seasons, of course, with the Diamondbacks. Uh, how would you assess so far with the St. Louis Cardinals? Where do you kind of feel like you're at? Um, you know, it's been good. You know, this is one year, you know, just uh, obviously every year you want to get better and play better. And so you're looking back on the previous year, what, what can I learn and, and improve on? So I felt like I did that this offseason and come in, be ready to go and try to go out there and play well. So uh, I can't really, you know, say what's going to happen in the future. Just try to work as hard as I can, be prepared and go out there and try to play well. One of the questions that I like to ask some guys that have the ability to steal bases, uh, stolen bases are down across the league and they continue to go down. Somebody like yourself has stolen a lot of bases in the past. Is there a chance that Goldie's got the green light this year? I mean, I'd like to, but I think, you know, it's always been if the opportunity is there, you know, based on the pitcher and catcher and the situation of the game, I don't think, you know, I never had it like, okay, I need to get this many numbers. It just kind of, you know, happened that way that, you know, we needed a bag or an opportunity to present itself and I tried to take advantage of it. So that's no different. And, um, you know, it's just going to really, you know, be a little bit more dependent on uh, what the other teams do. Okay. My last one, uh, at the first base position, we certainly have a lot of options going into the year. Anthony Rizzo's out there, yourself, a lot of really solid first basemen out there. Where's Paul Goldschmidt fit in in terms of rankings and tiers? I know you don't get into it, but we love to discuss, like, where you stack up against other guys. Yeah, I'll let you all do that. You know, I just try to go out there and, and do the best I can. There are so many great other players out there and guys I'm big fans of. And um, Who are those guys, like, that, that, that position? I mean, I get to see Rizzo here a lot. I mean, there's just so many guys who are putting me on the spot right now. You know, Josh Bell did a great job last year. You know, guys in our division, there's uh, great players every year. I mean, Alonzo, what he did, that was fun to watch. And uh, there's, you know, man, I felt like first base was loaded. I mean, there's just so many great players across the game. And um, just enjoy watching guys go out there and play. And if there's anything I can learn from watching them, I'll definitely try to steal any tips. First of all, I just wanted to ask you so far how kind of you're feeling, how things are going, obviously getting off to a good start, hitting a big shot. Yeah, um, just happy to be back together with the team. Um, I think we all have uh, some unfinished business from last year, so everyone was excited to get this camp rolling. And um, you know, we're taking things day by day, and I feel like we're making good strides as a group and you know, kind of checking off all the boxes we need to check off. And you know, we still have plenty of games left to kind of finish up that fine-tuning. For you as an individual, before we get to some of the other guys in the team, it's really been a nice whirlwind for you. You sign a contract, you get in the All-Star game, a lot of really positive things mm -hmm. happening for you. Are you... It's just kind of living out this this dream for you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I'm just very fortunate to be where I'm at and try to always remember where I came from and trying to give back as much as I can. And also just uh, having the job security helps my uh, just overall attitude as far as, you know, just being up upbeat and positive about everything that happens, even when stuff goes wrong. So, you know, I feel like, uh, you know, I don't even think about the contract really. It's more about me just trying to be the best player I can be and, um, you know, so that consistency factor is something that I'm really striving for this year and I know I've got like those, you know, like all-star and gold glove finalists and all those things, but to me I feel like I, I'm just scratching the surface. Right. And a lot of people know you as a very intelligent ball player. Uh, all of your metrics were up last year, hard hit rate, 31 home runs. 
any particular reason for that, or was it just simply, hey, uh, Paul was healthy all mm -hmm. of last year? Yeah, it was my first full 162 in the big leagues, so I think you know it was definitely a learning experience for me as far as the longevity piece. Um, I got off to a really good start last year and kind of faded as as the season went on, um, not physically but more mentally, and then my you know, consistency struggled a little bit. So, you know, for me to have that great start last year felt so big to me, and then I kind of just swung the pendulum the opposite way, you know, instead of just trying to keep things even keel and understanding how long a season really is. So this year, um, you know, off to a great start, good or bad, um, you know, there's a long year. So, you know, really focusing on the day-to-day -day will, will help me get through that. All right, that is Paul DeYoung, and thanks again to Paul DeYoung, Paul Goldschmidt, Miles Straw, and Alex Breckman from all of those interviews this past week. Don't forget, each and every week here on SportsGrid, we're going to bring those to you, take you inside the game a little bit more. Maybe you pick up a tip here or there on a player that you weren't previously going to draft. What we try to do, take you inside the game more than any other fantasy show in the industry. Coming up next, speaking of industry, I got the League of Alternative Baseball Mixed League Draft coming up this Sunday. Are my auction value prices spot on? Stay tuned. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. Welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you on Sports Grid TV, also uh, on radio over at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. And certainly you can catch our show on demand 24 hours a day, seven days a week on iTunes, Android. Uh, Google Play, wherever you listen to our podcast, the audio is posted there, uh, video over on sportsgrid.com and YouTube as well. Okay, uh, so Frank, I, you know, I, I kind of told you how I, how I do my uh, auctions, and, uh, and I'm not completely set on ideas and theories and players that I want, but what I did is I kind of put together a little bit of an exercise as to how I think I'm going to try and build my team based on the amount of numbers that I'm going to need at the end of the season, home runs, RBIs, runs scored uh, for pitching. It, of course, is ERA whip strikeouts and saves uh, five by five leagues. Of course, the other categories there as well. So, you know, look, this, this, the strategy that I've had, I can't say that it's been overly successful because in the years that I've done the auctions, I haven't won tout wars yet, but I feel like I'm at least better prepared going in and that's not really indicative necessarily of the players, whether you like or don't like the players. But this is kind of how I handle the auction is I, I try to get to 260, come up with some primary options that you and I have discussed and gone over a little bit in today's, you know, uh, kind of mapping out the show. But I by the time Sunday comes at one o'clock, I'll have some backup options as well, just in case I don't get the players that I'm looking for. Yeah, and I think this is a really smart way that you prep for your auctions. And I do something similar uh, regardless of, you know, what size league it is. 
when it comes to auctions, I try and prepare a main target, a price that I think I could get that player for, uh, and then a similar style player as a backup option at a similar price if I wind up not getting that player. And it seems like for the most part, uh, you have targets here that you're looking at for specific prices, and you have to map it out, especially if you're doing a roto auction. A head-to-head points auction, look, you're just going to have targets that you want, and uh, you're going to try and get those players. But in roto, you have to try and get the category targets that you need for the end of the season numbers in order to compete. And that's why you need uh, to pre-plan this. And, and, you know, I think that it's a smart way that you do this. And uh, I agree with it. Uh, One thing that I noticed and I wanted to ask you about was, do you have a rigid split in terms of how much money you want to spend on hitters versus pitchers? Because for a long time, I've heard about the 65-35 split. You spend 65% of your budget on hitting, 35% of your budget on pitching. Uh, And the way that you have it mapped out right now, uh, about 180 of your budget is on hitting, which is around 70% of the, your, your overall budget, $260. Right. So do you normally have like a set split amount that you want to spend on, spend on hitting versus pitching, or is that just kind of like rigid year to year? Well, this is my first time doing the, the mixed league auction, so it's going to be a work in progress and learning for me as well as to whether this is indeed the case. Uh, I devote a lot more in the NL only when I've done that in the past toward pitching. So it's basically been like a 60-40 split. But I got to tell you, with the prices that there are on some of these pitchers that are going for two, three, four, five, six bucks, I'm going to spend less on pitching there and hope for some upside. Because honestly, Frank, at this stage of the game, whether it's the closers or even the starting pitchers, is there really a lot of reliability from starting pitching at this point? There are maybe two or three that you really trust. And then beyond that, I think you're throwing caution to the wind a little bit. A good example of that is uh, Clayton Kershaw, who's going in the mixed league auctions, 21, 22, 23, 24, maybe 25 in some spots on the high end. Like, I feel like that's probably worth the risk. I mean, he's cheap enough to try. And then you have guys that are going for like two or three dollars that are the number three starter on some major league baseball teams. So I'm, I'm going to try and pick up one bona fide, and, and it's really for the counting stats, Frank, trying to pick up one bona fide 200 inning guy. I mean, that's really what I'm looking at. I want to make sure that I load up with at least one with 200 strikeouts. And then after that, it's going to be some upside. I think with the starting pitching, I'll try and get myself three closers, if not four. And then, you know, some some other high-end type middle relievers that even though they aren't going to get saves, I'll back them up as well. So uh, in looking, and, and I know that for those of you who are watching out there, we didn't do a full graphic on all of these because then it's just <laughs> very easy to, for somebody to just screenshot my entire team and then to just go off that whenever the auction starts and somebody hears me bid on a player, they can look down and see and say, oh, Craig, he, this is the guy that he said on the show that he wanted. Now, I'm still going to tell you all the guys that I want, but I ain't going to do it in a screenshot because then you could just save it. Yeah, I don't even know if any of them are even watching. Or maybe that'll actually help them not target the players that I want, because since I'm probably not going to win anyway, those are the <laughs> ones that you want to stay away from, potentially. But uh, there is some poker playing in this for sure. Not as much in the mixed, for sure, as there is in the AL and the NL. But maybe the fact that I've been in the mono leagues, the NLs and the ALs, maybe this will help me in the mixed. But any of the auction values that seem off for you that I have uh, provided you before the show? Is there anyone that seemed like egregiously off that I won't be able to get the pricing that I put it at? 
I think a lot of the hitter values that you have here make a ton of sense. Uh, the pitchers, Craig, we, we've got to talk about the pitchers because we actually do have data okay. from the NFBC. If you go to their ADP page, you could actually sort by average auction values, and they've had a few uh, high-stakes auctions already take place and you can see how much players have gone for in 15 team leagues so obviously very specific format uh oh, similar format okay. to what well, you are off? so this, that you're going to be playing in uh this sunday so uh you said you have bieber written down for 23 dollars right this is bad news okay, because what, shane bieber is going go for? for an average of 30 dollars right now over at the nfbc so we're looking at a seven dollar okay, disparity let me make right that now. adjustment yeah, so that's that's okay. that's a pretty big mark. Um, <laughs> Shane Bieber, you had him at twenty three, uh, and a, as of right now in the NFBC, okay. he's going for thirty. Uh, a twenty three dollar pitcher, if you did want to look for in that in that price point, would be someone like Clayton Kershaw no, 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 that no. you mentioned, or Charlie Morton. Okay, friend of the show. Okay, okay. So, uh, but can we? <laughs> we haven't had him on yet. But can you? Can we agree that Bieber is a solid SP one in a fifteen team mixed league? No issue with him as your SP1, right? I don't have an issue with him as your SP1. If you want someone who's going to give you 200 innings, there was only 15 of those pitchers last year. Shane Bieber was one of those. I think I he do, is I going to 200 inning guy. I think he's going to give you volume and probably going to give you like 230 plus strikeouts as well. Okay, so I'm in on that. Um, how much is Zach Gallon going for, Frank? Yeah, this is uh, this is issue number two here on the show, Craig. Another bad news. <laughs> you have Zach Gallon priced for eight dollars, uh, and he's going for twelve. So not as big of a disparity, but those are, you know, those are the discrepancies that you have to account for here that you have to prep for uh, beforehand. Well, we're going to sort this out. Zach Gallant is someone who, who people are very excited about, uh, and rightfully so. He's someone that, that I like a lot heading into the season. But, Craig, he's what I like to call a hype guy. There's a lot of hype. There's a lot of helium around Zach Gallant right now. So uh, they have him priced out for about $12 right now, Craig. So are you uh, punching that into your auction calculator right now? I am. I'm putting it in my spreadsheet right now as we speak. Uh, all right, so Max Freed. What do we got Max Freed at? All right, Craig. Problem number three, Max Freed. <laughs> Again, it's all on the pitching side. I looked up all your hitter values throughout the break, and you're pretty much spot on when it comes to the hitters. Uh, Max Freed, you have shows him. shows you how I feel about the pitching. <laughs> there you go. Uh, you have Max Freed priced at $10. He's gone for an average of $13 in NFBC auctions, similar to Zach Gallon. Oh, this is not that bad. We can figure this out. We, we can, can figure this, this out. I mean, look, you got you to gotta make oh, up those uh, that $7 from Bieber, the $4 from Gallon, the $3 from Freed. 11, that adds up. Next thing 14. you know, that's, that's $14 difference, Craig, that you have to make up now within your auction values. So you might have to maybe decrease something a little bit somewhere on the on the hitting side or you know maybe go for a lower-end closer if that's what you're looking at. Uh, but Max Freed right now priced out at $13, Craig. Okay, and then how about the closers that I have listed? Giles, Anderson, Kella, and uh, Hansel Robles. I'm not married to any of these guys. So uh, Giles is going for $13. You have him priced out at 11 So uh, again, just going, going back to the pitching real quick. Nick Anderson, you have him priced out at... Nine. He's actually going for seven. So there's your saving. That's that's your. Ooh, I got a little value there. That's your saving on Nick Anderson versus Ken Giles. So you know uh, that meme that's out there of of the woman that goes. Oh yes, yes, yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's like she tries something. She's that's like, can't tell if I like that. Can't tell if I. Oh, it's pretty good. Nah, maybe right. not. All right. So that's this, that's this entire thing. That's uh, All right, what, so seven. <laughs> what about Kella? What about Kella? Kella, you have priced at six. And he is going for six dollars. So there you go. Maybe the closers is your uh, that's your calling card here on the show, Craig. You are you are the closer whisperer. And, and, and how about Robles? 
at uh, five. Hansel Robles at Hansel five. Robles. He is going for eight. Hmm. Ooh. Okay. I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna get rid of him. So give me another closer. Uh, lesser closer. Someone who's going closer. for around five dollars. Uh, I'm not gonna pay eight dollars. Joe Jimenez. Hansel Robles. Joe Jimenez. Five bucks. No. I like Joe Jimenez. Come else. on, Craig. Take a shot on Joe Jimenez. No way. All right. So he's <laughs> give me an NL closer. Give uh, me an NL closer. I have Sean Doolittle at $4, but we both had him as a bust on our closer preview. Oh, we're out. Brandon we're out Kinsler, him. three bucks. There you go. Homer, you Miami go. Marlin. All right, Kinsler. Another, <laughs> another Marlin. Perfect. I only have one on my list. Okay, so, so Marlin, uh, how much for Kinsler? Uh, three bucks. $3. And then what I'll do is I'll find out who their uh, closer is going to be if they trade Kinsler uh, by tomorrow, for sure. And then I'll take that guy, too. No one Insider trading. Craig Mish. Get, there it is. That's the way it works. Okay. Um, all right. So I put the pitching staff together. I'm going to have to trim some off the hitting here a little bit. Uh, so here are some of the names that I've mentioned as far as players who I may be interested in. Everyone knows that I'm going to go for a real Muto. That's not a surprise. So I have him at 22. I have Will Smith. What, what's Will Smith's pricing in the NFBC? Will Smith is going at $7. I'd like, I'd like to have two good catchers. Okay, that's a little bit of a bump. I don't know if I could pay that. Uh, you know who else I'm not married to? Uh, Josh Bell at first base. What's Josh Bell's price, Frank? Uh, Josh Bell is 15 bucks. So you're spot on there. Okay, I, I would be I would be willing to take a different first baseman than Josh Bell and save a few dollars. I'm not completely married to that one. Uh, Muncie at 18, Machado at 22. That's one of my bigger spends. Yeah, Machado was spot on, twenty-two bucks uh, according to NFBC average auction values. Same thing with Muncie; they have him at eighteen. Uh, if you did want to look for a lower price first baseman, Reese Hoskins at thirteen dollars. Someone you could look at. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah. Encarnacion, yeah, eight bucks. I could do that too. That's a possibility. Also, him for utility too. We could go that route. All right, that's as much as I'm giving up for Sunday. You guys got way too much. I shouldn't have even revealed all that. But... Coming up next, we end the show with a little flashback Friday. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish and Frank Stample, and we'll be back right after this. Want to light the lamp on DraftKings and FanDuel this NHL DFS season? Then join DailyRoto.com and learn from the best daily fantasy sports players. Get updated fantasy hockey projections for NHL DFS, line combinations, and build stacks for tournaments in the Daily Roto NHL DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy hockey without using Daily Roto, you are doing it wrong. Enter the promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Frank Stanford. All right, welcome back. It's Fantasy Sports Today. Craig and Frank here with you. And then we're done for the weekend. Back here on Monday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll keep you updated, by the way, on our schedule. Uh, I believe Wednesday we'll be live at uh, Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium for the Marlins and Orioles. I think there's one other day, Frank, where uh, I'll be on the road without doing the show live because there's no availability. But we'll uh, we'll sort all that out. Also, we're uh, scheduled on March the 11th. Uh, from the same stadium for the Yankees and Marlins, too. So we should have some fun shows coming up for you guys all throughout the spring training season. As make no mistake about it, Fantasy Baseball Draft Month is here. It is March. It's the best time of the year, right, Frank? That NCAA tournament, you into that? 
Uh, yeah, I tried to get into March Madness. I don't follow college basketball closely throughout the course of the uh, the season, but once we ramp things up for March Madness, it's impossible not to get into it, right? Everybody's filling out a bracket, and we've got games going all day long, and obviously here at the network where we give out uh, so much advice from a wagering perspective as well uh, that it's impossible not to be you know, uh, into the March Madness uh, this season, every season. Uh, I'll have a few brackets. I don't really know much. Maybe you can help me out with my brackets. I know Greg Sussman loves the Terrapins, obviously, former Terp himself. So uh, maybe I'll have them going deep That's into right. the bracket. But I'm going to need your help uh, when it comes to filling out my bracket this season, Craig. Yeah, la- uh, last year I had a horrible year, but in general I do okay. But uh, what happens is I'm a big uh, underdog upset guy. And last year all the number one seeds ended up getting like right to the end. And it was just, it was, it was really not a fun tournament. You like upsets. I mean, those are the fun things to see. We really didn't have a lot of those last year. So. Yeah, we got uh, that's coming up in a couple of weeks. We have first the conference tournaments and then the play-in games, all that good stuff. That's uh, here in March. Yeah, wild. Uh, okay, so it is Friday. We thought we'd do a little flashback Friday and talk about maybe some pitchers, some players, Frank, who, I mean, at this stage, especially, and what I'm noticing is uh, this is my first time doing an NFBC 50-round uh, league. And, like, as an example, like the 27th round or something like that, Miguel Cabrera goes off the board. And it makes you wonder, like, I just took Brandon Crawford, by the way, with, with my last pick. Like a player that you know is toward the end of the line in fantasy and reality, but you're just kind of like hanging on to hope that maybe there's one half good season left for the player before it's all said and done, and hoping that like this guy is a Nelson Cruz or a Justin Verlander where they're able to just keep hanging on and being fantasy relevant. Frank, who do you think that maybe some players that maybe you're looking at in that format after round 30 that used to be fantasy stars that still have some potential. I think one name that I've been paying a lot of attention to throughout spring, and he's performed really well thus far. You want to talk about a flashback Friday, Jay Hab. We could go to a couple of years ago where he performed admirably uh, with the Toronto Blue Jays, turned his career around with the Pittsburgh Pirates as well. Was dreadful last year. There's no doubt about it. He allowed like 34 home runs in like 160 innings. He was not good. Um, was it juice ball related? Was it age related? Pitching in Yankee Stadium? Uh, could be a combination of all of those things, but he has pitched well thus far. The velocity up a little bit. Uh, five innings pitched, one earned run, five strikeouts thus far. Um, and, and they're talking him up right now that, you know, he has something to prove and, you know, he started his throwing program earlier this offseason because, you know, he's trying to bounce back. So uh, he's someone who goes really late in drafts. And I think it's a good point that you bring up, Craig. For anyone out there who's competing in best ball leagues right now, if you're participating in the Raz Bowl, uh, which Craig brought up, if you participate in a draft champions, a draft and hold format, there are going to be a lot of boring players that are available late in these drafts, but it is paramount. For you to get volume. I understand you're going to want to take all the prospects. Give me Dylan Carlson. Give me Ryan Mountcastle. Give me Nick Madrigal. Everybody wants prospects. But when you play in leagues like this, Craig, where they're deeper formats and you don't have the ability to make waiver wire pickups, you need players who are going to be on the mound, who are going to be in lineups. Whether or not they're good... Uh, is a different story, but you need volume and you need guys that are going to be on the field. Uh, so I think that's a really, really good point that you bring up and a reminder for anyone who's playing in those formats because they're very popular nowadays. It's very, inter- it's very, um, it's very I- intriguing to want to take those prospects and young players, but you need some of these old players who are just going to give you volume that at that point in the draft. 
Yeah, one of the players that, that I just took, and I got to be cognizant of that. Uh, you know, Crawford is a perfect example of a player that you're talking about because you just know that he's going to be there every single day. Giants aren't going to be able to get rid of him in that contract. And then the opposite of that is somebody I probably should have waited a little bit later on in the draft for, but this kid on San Diego, Luis Patino, is just a strikeout machine. And I feel like if he gets 50 innings this year with the Padres, he could strike out 80. And a little bit of an earlier pick, I think, for me, but it's like, Every two picks that I'm making right now, I'm going with one guy who's going to give me volume and one with a little bit of upside, and I think that's how I'm going to close out the last 20 picks in the draft. Uh, Rubnet Odor of the Texas Rangers, uh, still a young player, hit a grand slam yesterday, but I feel like the Rangers are like getting ready to move on from him. Of course, Dick Solak is there. We've heard a lot about him as well, and the Rangers were not afraid to move on from Nomar Mazzara, frankly, in the offseason. That's another young player as well. They just didn't see enough improvement. I don't even know how much he's going to get to play with the Chicago White Sox. I would say at this point, he's been a disappointment. Zodor ha- have more than what we've seen? It's like hard to believe that this guy just you know can't hit 250. Yeah, it's crazy. He's still just 26 years old. It feels like he's been around forever. Uh, and a lot of people remember him for the fiasco with Jose Batista. But uh, if there's anything that he can do... He does give you home runs, and he gives you a few stolen bases, which everyone is trying to find, obviously. It's going to come with a huge batting average drain. What's crazy to me, Craig, is that Joey Gallo, everyone is enticed by the Joey Gallo upside. Oh, well, he can hit 50 home runs. Is everyone forgetting that last year his batting average, which was around 250, was BABIP inflated? Every other year, the guy hit around 210. Are we forgetting about that? He's going like five, six, seven rounds earlier than someone like Odor. At least with Odor, you know he's going to give you power. He's going to give you speed. Uh, you would have to imagine the the batting average bounces back a little bit. 250 back in 2018. Last year, 205. The batting average is all over the place for Rutan Odor. But if you're looking for someone to give you power and speed late in your drafts, then Odor is one of those players. You just have to make sure that you have that batting average base uh, so that you can potentially take on his you know, 220, 230, whatever it might be. In terms of 250, he's probably not getting back there, Craig. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't think so either. Um, a couple of other players real quick. Uh, Felix Hernandez, who's getting another shot with Atlanta. It's going to be a weird scenario to see him in Atlanta Braves uniform, but there certainly is a shot of that at this point because of Cole Hamels' injury. And um, Nelson Cruz, man, like, I'll never take him. Because I think that the, the wheels are going to fall off eventually. But I think we talked about this, Frank, a week ago or two. Like, I was the guy who never took David Ortiz, too. And it was expecting the same thing, and it never happened. Yeah, and all I keep doing is drafting Nelson Cruz. I just can't stop drafting him, Craig. Once I get to that sixth-round range in a 15-team league, uh, it's basically an auto-pick for me if Nelson Cruz is there. And I understand one people might, might want to be off him uh, one year early rather than one year late. I understand it, but... There's just nothing, you know, Craig, there's nothing in the data that says that he's getting ready to slow down. Uh, His move to the designated hitter has really, really helped that out. And then Orlando Arcia. It seems like we kind of forgot about Orlando Arcia here, Craig, but former top prospect with the Brewers, is he going to have the opportunity to play every day? Certainly seems motivated because early on in camp, he has two home runs. Uh, I saw the clip yesterday of the home run he hit. Uh, Hanging curveball in the middle of the zone just absolutely crushed it was Orlando Arcia. Good ballpark to hit in, good lineup to hit in. Obviously, they trade for Luis Urias. Uh, we'll have to see what happens with the Brewers, but let's not forget the name. Orlando Arcia, former top prospect. Any interest there, Craig? I know you play in the Mono League, so uh, might be someone that's available for you. Yeah, yeah, it, it could be a possibility, sure, especially as you get deeper into the draft in some of these Mono Leagues. It's almost impossible to find 
anybody with any kind of fantasy value. So I, I think that there's a chance that I'd be him uh, in on him. And, you know, my Nelson Cruz this year, I think, is Edwin Encarnacion. Like, I think that I probably would pivot to that. Uh, Encarnacion in a lot of leagues, I believe, still qualifies at first base. Yep, he does. So he gives you a little bit there. And I, yeah, and I, and I think that he's probably still in line for, I would say, another 30 home run season. I mean, that White Sox lineup, even if Grandal is slow to get out of the gate, and maybe because of, of we haven't seen him yet, and also the weather is going to be cold, of course, in the month of April in Chicago. But uh, maybe that's my Nelson Cruz, is, is Edwin Encarnacion, for sure, in 2020. Uh, okay, a quick programming reminder is uh, coming up next week. Just want to mention this one more time. Uh, we're expected to be live next Wednesday for the Marlins and uh, Baltimore Orioles game at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium in Jupiter, Florida. And as the spring training season goes on, I will be uh, more live at the park and get a little bit more intense as we get closer to you having your fantasy baseball drafts. Of course, opening day is March 26th. I would expect most of you who play fantasy baseball and are into fantasy baseball not to be drafting maybe until the 24th or 25th. So we'll make sure we get you ready for that. Uh, but as we end the show today, we're going to turn it over to my co-host Frank Stamfel as he closes it out with a little exit velocity. Feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! Exit velocity. Nice velocity. Thank you, Mr. Craig. And I got to go back to this Timberwolves situation with D'Angelo Russell. They were fined $25,000 for resting D'Angelo Russell this past Sunday in a game against the Denver Nuggets, which was featured on NBA TV. Apparently, the reason being, there is a resting policy which limits teams from sitting healthy players in, quote, high-profile, nationally televised game. This game was nationally televised. There's no doubt about it. It was on NBA TV, as I mentioned. A high-profile matchup? It's D'Angelo Russell and the Timberwolves, who are, I don't know, 20 games under 500 going up against the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets, great team. Nikola Jokic, a lot of fun to watch. The Timberwolves, not so much. All I'm asking for here out of the NBA is consistency. If you're going to find a team like the Timberwolves who are resting D'Angelo Russell in a game, frankly, I'm sorry, you might not want to hear this. Close your ears if you're the NBA. Doesn't really matter. It's the Minnesota Timberwolves. How about games on TNT where... You know, one of Kawhi Leonard or Paul George is sitting out or Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook has not played a back-to-back all season long. All I'm asking for is some consistency when it comes to the NBA. For my co-host Craig Mish and everybody downstairs in the production room helping out with fantasy sports today, I want to thank you for watching. I am Frank Stample. We'll be back again next week. And remember, stay classy, fantasy owners. <laughs>